When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Myron Metcalf here, filling in for Royce, second day in a row. They haven't uh, blocked me yet, so now I'm supposed to come back tomorrow too, I think. So we'll, we'll so see. far you're doing all right. We'll see. Don't screw it back. up though. Yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> um, so Central Florida was not invited to the college football playoff, and Central Florida supporters have really embraced this conspiracy theory idea that <laughs> they were blocked from the college football playoff, which is you know the final four for college football. National championship game will be played on Monday in Atlanta, Alabama versus Georgia. Alabama is open as a four-point favorite. Uh, there are a lot of people who are behind this idea that Central Florida was blocked because this is just one big money-making venture and nobody cares about the Central Floridas of the world. They finished, I think, the 12th or something like that in the playoff standings. Then they go and beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl, and people go, well, maybe they're the real deal. I I get that. But then they take it a step further and decide that they're going to hang (laughs) a championship banner and crown themselves national championships because they ended the year undefeated. Only undefeated team in the country. And then they took it another step further. They're going to give all their coaches – bonuses as if they had won the national championship. And then they went another step and decided they're going to have a parade in Orlando. When is it? At some point soon. Well, I hope it's when I fly in. They're going to have a parade. I'll attend. I'll be waving my UCF flag. (laughs) What do you all think about that? Is that, I understand the spirit of, you know, we got robbed. I, I get that. And I support that in a case like this where it's like, listen, they had a case. Clearly, you beat Auburn, which beat Alabama. You've got a case. And they had beat Georgia earlier And in the they year. beat Georgia. This, however, seems a bit much to me. This seems like we are creating paper champs. I'm a boxing fan. This feels like boxing to me, where you got eight champs in eight divisions. Nobody cares because it's impossible to tell who's the champ. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. What do you guys think? It, it kind of feels as though... It kind of feels as though they're not really being serious, but they're sort of using this as a tool to sort of draw attention to the program. Recruiting-wise. And, and yeah. recruiting-wise, yeah, and that sort of thing. I I don't mind it. I do think it's a little bit silly. Like, I don't I don't mind, like, the Twitter, the 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 uh, program Twitter, you know, saying yeah. 2017 national champions or something like that. That's kind of fun, and they'll probably change it in a couple weeks or a couple days or whatever, but... Yeah, I think that like the the parade thing is just a little bit a little bit over the top, a little bit excessive. Here's why I 100 percent 
love this. Okay. Two reasons. Well, number one, I'm going to see because I'm flying to Orlando before I drive up to you Jacksonville. Wanna, you want to be in the parade. If, 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 I, if it coincides, <laughs> I might change my flight just so I can be at the parade. You know what Travis is going to be like if there's a parade? Oh, I know. You're never going to get to wherever you're going. I know. But here's why I love it. Because the entire system is a joke. The NCAA selection process, the NCAA itself, yeah. everything re- about it is is completely made up out of whole cloth, and it's a joke. And I like the fact that a school is saying, we deserved a chance, and they did. They beat a Power 5 school in a bowl game. They probably did deserve a chance to go in there. Oklahoma had two losses. I love it. They're pointing and, and making it and showing everybody what a mockery the entire system is. The ruffling feathers. Is it the best system I think that they have in place that they've used up to this point? Sure, but it can still be reworked and get and get better. The, the reason it hasn't is we've got too many 80-year-olds that are set in their ways and sticks in the mud that are just simply not going to change, and it's stupid. So this for you is a sticking it to the man. Absolutely, and I love it. I'm I am applauding UCF for doing this. But what's the fix? Because here's my concern. I think a lot of people agree that eight an eight team playoff makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Power Five champions all go, and then three wild cards, three at larges. Yeah. My problem is I don't trust college sports with holding it at eight we have a tendency to expand and mm-hmm. to me if you get to some silly thing like 16 teams in a playoff i think 16 is really excessive it's excessive but i think to, eight should be the limit but i think if you get eight teams in the next central florida is going to say what about us yeah the number if you if you if you go to eight and i've said this for a long time, if you go to eight, then teams nine and ten and eleven are going to be like, we should be in too. What about us? We're getting left out, and they have every reason to be. I think, and, and mm-hmm. that's why I think you have to really, really think about this. My thing with Central Florida, I get a lot of it symbolic, and they're hyping up the program. And, and kudos to their marketing department because they're getting a ton of attention. And they just they just lost their coach, Scott Frost, going to Nebraska, and, and, and like most of their, I think he's taking like most of the his coaching staff with him to Nebraska, isn't he? But he he is, because he had the quote about not leaving your guys behind the way I think Jimbo Fisher did when he went to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But, Although Jimbo brought Tim Brewster with him, which so I you, thought was pretty funny. You got to bring Brewster. <laughs> you can't do anything without Brewster. But, I mean, as a school, you're like, we're going to capitalize off this. They're getting more attention than any school in the country that's not in the playoff right now. So kudos to them, but I feel like, if you can create your own championship, that's the problem with the bowl system as a whole. Everybody gets a ribbon. Yeah. There, are, there are 41 there are bowls or something them. like that. And if you win your bowl, them. even if you're a 6-6 six and six team from a weak league, you get to say, I'm the, you know, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles Bowl champion. <laughs> you know? You know, you, you get to say that. First Street Baptist Church Bowl champ. Nobody cares about it except the teams involved. But you get to be a champion for a day. So I hate that system entirely. For for me, I would actually, Manny and Chris, favor a 16-team playoff if it meant getting rid of the, all the extra bowls. I'm with you. 16 teams, 
No more bowls. Or, or, or tie the bowls to those games. And sorry I was silent for a minute and 45 seconds, yeah. but I had to make sure this audio was clean. <laughs> I give you... My guy! I give you Mike Leach and his current... My guy! His most latest rant on the college football playoff. Let me hear it. I think hurts it as the... Is the is the mind-numbingly short-sighted notion that four teams for a playoff, you know, somehow establishes something, and that that's a very clever approach. I mean, that's such a brilliant approach. That's why everybody does it that way. You know, I mean, nobody does it that way. I mean, if we we're so smart, wouldn't all the other sports say, "I know what, let's have a committee." You know, because why not? Because, you know, we're American. We love committees. Let's get us a committee. Well, who should be on the committee? Well, I don't know. This guy's a good guy. Let's have him on the committee. Well, I mean, there's people on the committee that don't even have remote associations with football, nor have they at any level other than being a fan. But you know what? Let's have him on a committee. Why not? And then, um, I mean, it'd be fun. We'd go to that resort, we could talk, we could hang out at dinner, and then we'll decide which four teams should go. Because you know why? We don't need to solve this on the field, because we're the ones that know. And then, um, um, so I mean, you know, if we're going to do it that way, we should just ask them at the beginning of the season, you know, just go ahead and you guys vote on it, figure out one, two, three, and four, and why, why even have the games? To me, I mean, that, that, it's not a playoff. There's nothing playoff about it. And, 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 and this is even if we make it. Even if we make it, my thoughts don't change. Um, um, I, I mean, how can, you, how can you call it a playoff when, when there's four teams? Uh, conference champions don't even necessarily make the playoffs. Because you know why? Because the committee knew better. God bless you, Mike Leach. Oh, uh, he is a great. He they must love covering him out there. Oh, how could you not? That's a story. He needs to be in a at a at a big time university. Sixteen teams get rid of the fish and chips bowl. I'm all in if we don't go to eight eight uh, bowl games. So we'll be back after this. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. You play to win the game. Hello? It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards. Meyer Metcalf back here on 1500, filling in for Royce here on the ride. And we've got the one and only Herm Edwards on the phone. Uh, Herm, I was in Phoenix two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> and the weather was amazing. Uh, much better than Bristol, Connecticut. I, yeah. I would imagine a little bit. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. It's, it's seventy degrees here today. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting calls from my buddies back there. Wingo and those guys. Hey man, it's five degrees back here. I said, well, that's not happening out here. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, it's a lot different down there. For for you, I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You're in studio. You're yeah. doing a great job there. Did you always kind of have the itch to get back into coaching, or was that something that happened more recently? No. Uh, I knew eventually I was going to go back, and it, it had a lot of opportunities to go back. It was just never the right fit. And really, I wanted to go back to college, to be quite honest. Um, and it had some opportunities. You know, I've coached that Under Armour All-American game for the last eight years. I'm not coaching it this week, obviously, because I'm here now. And I can remember the first year coaching, I had Jameis Winston, Amari Cooper, and all those guys, high school players, before they went to college. And last practice, they 
you can come up to me and say, Coach, you need to go back and coach, man. You know, and I said, okay. And every year the same thing would happen with the players that I was coaching. And just as a matter of the right fit, this happened to be the right fit, and I'm excited. I really am. Uh, you know, we've gone through the recruiting process uh, about a week ago. We signed 11 out of the 12 guys we went after. Now it's a dead period. We start back up, um, talk to some kids again today, and, um, you know, it's, 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 a lot, it's been a lot of fun so far. Herm, one of the things that I thought about when you took this job was you coined a phrase, don't hit send. Uh, all <laughs> yeah. of these kids hit send, Herm. Mm-hmm. How, how do you mm-hmm. reconcile that, your perspective on social media with a younger generation that you're coaching? Well, it's a powerful tool when it's used correctly. And, and, I, and I tell young people all the time, I say, you know, this becomes a part of your resume. Uh, and, you know, when, when, when life, the things you say, become a part of your resume, you better make sure when you press in that it's correct because you don't get it back. And it's, it's part of the process now how people evaluate you as a, a football player, a student athlete, a person that's trying to employ themselves uh, with, a, with a company. They look at these things now. <laughs> we know that. So you need to be careful. I always hear coaches talk about establishing their culture. What does that actually mean? Well, I think, you know, your culture generally is, is, is what you feel is important to you. And, and for me, it's very simple. Um, it's a two-word saying, words and actions. Your words and actions match up. And it doesn't have to apply to football. This is in life. And I just think if we can live our lives where our words and our actions match up, um, you don't always have to agree with people. But when those two things are, are done correctly, people will respect you. They'll respect you. They might not always agree. They'll respect you. And I always tell young people this, you know, we live in this world that we want to be liked. You don't want to be liked. You want to be respected. Because when you're respected, you don't compromise your values. Those are very important. And so those are some of the things that I talk to young people about all the time. Uh, you're obviously coaching at the collegiate level now, but I know you keep around the NFL. Yeah. And, and I want your thoughts. There's a guy in Minnesota named Case Keenum who who's had a yeah. great season, but it's definitely not – viewed as sort of this superstar quarterback like the other superstars at that position here in the playoff. Uh, How important is his role, and do you think he'll succeed and can lead this team to the championship? I do, and I think he's had a successful run at um, at uh, what it takes to be a winning quarterback in this league. And you think about he was put in a situation where a lot of people felt, well, you know what, don't know if he can – Stand the pressure of this, and obviously he's done that and more. You know he had a noobs game. We get that, and every once in a while he'll have one. But I think he he's identified this: is that they're going to ask me to do uh, a couple of things well, and if I do those things well, we'll have a chance to win. You know this team is not counting on me to win games for them. There's this other side of the ball uh, they call defense. That's on their plate. I just got to make sure I don't lose games. And if he continues to play the way they play, I mean, look, they're going to be a hard out. And I, I understand Philadelphia plays them all at home, but I think it boils down to this when you play the Eagles, if that should be the championship game. What, what quarterback will play well in that game if it's between the, and obviously the Minnesota Vikings? Because we know both defenses will show up. It's just a matter of what quarterback doesn't make any errors in that game if it, if it leads to be the championship game or even the playoffs. That's the team that's going to probably find their way in the Super Bowl. 
Coach, is Tom Brady and his progress at his age a sign that players are just you know able to play longer at that level, or is he a unique case? Well, he's unique, but I, but I think most of these quarterbacks now, with the rule changes and the and the, and the fitness of, of guys in today's world, um, they can play into their mid thirties, and it's a good thing. I, I I think it really is. I think we as 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 as, as media people or or just people from outside the box, we always want to put expectations, and the expectations always have to deal with numbers. When you think about the NFL, well, when you're 30 years old, you're an old player. Uh, that's not always true. Uh, you know, I just think some guys are an exception to the rule. We see that now at the quarterback position, and I love to see these guys continue to play because when there's good quarterback play in the National Football League, the games are better. Yeah. They're, they're better to watch. What did you think about James Harrison and, and his decision to leave the Steelers to go play for uh, the oh, Patriots? Boy. Uh, you know what? I laughed at it a little bit. First of all, they, they let him go, and what do you want him to do, retire? He said, I can still play. So, And guess what? He played pretty good, by the way. He got two yeah. tracks and he had five tackles. I said, okay, the guy can still play. That is definitely the truth. Uh, back to your new job. In terms sure. of recruiting, like I would yep. think that would be the biggest adjustment going from, you know, NFL studio right. and now you gotta figure that out. Like how have you wrapped your arms around that? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been in a lot of homes. You know, it's kind of ironic. Um when I first got hired, uh, we really didn't have a defensive staff. So just think about this. We signed eleven guys, um, eight of them were defensive guys, and I didn't have a defensive staff. Yeah. So yeah. I think it pre- went pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> when I walked in the house, they say, "Coach, you're the coach, right?" I said, "Yeah." They said, "Well, we know you're going to hire some good defensive coaches. My son could go play for you. We love it." I said, "Thank you," because that's got to be a lot of trust, Coach. Because you lost some guys, you lost sure. some big time staff members, so that's sure. got to be a lot sure. of trust. And, we, in and you. we got some good guys. I mean, we got Danny Gonzalez from, from San Diego State, and we we've got a good defensive staff in place. And so, you know, it's just a matter of you're selling your program. And I think for the most part, you know, as long as I've been on television. Um, you know, people know who I am. I mean, and when I walk into their home, it's kind of ironic because they say, Coach, you're the same guy that we watch on television. Yeah. And I go, hey, that's right. That's who I am. Not going to change. The guy that you, you know, a lot of people would call your, your chief rival in Arizona uh, gets fired. Rich Rodriguez gets gets fired, obviously, for some kind of off-the-field stuff. Is stuff like that a reminder to coaches and programs of, you know, just how careful and responsible you have to be? Yeah, I just think we live in a world that um, that uh, it's important that we handle our, our affairs correctly, you know. And that, uh, and I don't know what happened there, and I'm not even going to try to comment on that. I just think that, you know, I've always been a big person and uh, believe this way. I, I think that when you represent a, a corporation, there's two things you have to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, the corporation as well as your last name, and every decision you make reflects. Uh, that corporation as well as your last name. So I just think it's always important to make sure that we do things correctly. Uh, and if you do it that way, uh, generally things work out. What kind of kid can play for you? I mean, what does he have to have to play for you and your staff? Well, I just think that, that you know, they they got to like football. Yeah. You know, I like guys that like football. Yeah. And, I, and I say that, people say, what does he mean? Well, you know, this game of football, it's kind of unique because you actually have to operation of the game of football before mm-hmm. you play. You know, you practice more than you actually play. Yeah. You know, so you got to like that. 
You know, some guys don't like football. They like what football provides them. There's a difference. You know, I kind of like football. I like the whole process of this is what it takes to be a football player. I like those kind of guys. I just think at the end you win with guys like that. Now, you you got to have talented guys. I understand that. I mean, look, the, the better talent you have, the more chances you have to win. You know, talented players make – Make good coaches. I get that part. But I just think at the end, you want guys that really are passionate for the game of football. Last question, Coach, and definitely appreciate your time. Give us your Super Bowl matchup and, and who wins it all. Oh, boy. Look, I think I'll say this, and I don't know how this thing's going to work out. I, I do know this. I, I think most people in the AFC would like to see Captain America and obviously Big Ben. If we watch the last game they played in, that back-and-forth game where, the, you know, Pittsburgh drops the ball at the end, yeah. that was a game where you went, wow, look at these two quarterbacks. I, I think over in the NFC, the two favorites probably right now, and, and their defensive-driven football teams due to the fact that the quarterbacks are down, is Philadelphia and, and obviously the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I think the Minnesota Vikings are the darling team and the fact that the Super Bowl is going to be played in Minnesota. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, that's kind of unique. Can a team that actually hosts the Super Bowl play in a Super Bowl? It would be kind of unique if that happened. People would love it around here. Coach, I definitely thank you for your time and wish you the best down there at Arizona thank State. Thank you now. Thanks. That was Herm Edwards talking uh, about, you know, his new deal at Arizona State, new coach, and thoughts on the NFL. We're going to be back talking hockey here in a few minutes. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything Clucks. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the Ride with Royce right for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Myron Metcalf back in, uh, filling up for Royce on the ride. Uh, Chris Reavers, Manny Fresh, and Jess Myers talking hockey. Manny Fresh, I like that. Man, yeah, I, that's what, it's just natural. Do you, do you like that, Manny? Is that okay? I've adapted to it. Okay, <laughs> I like it. If you don't like it, tell me. Much no, like no, no, weather, no, it's you don't cool. It's totally like it, fine. It's I, totally fine. I got hey. a weird name in Myron, and people call me Byron Marvin. I had a dude at work <laughs> when I worked at Distribu called me Medford for like five years. Why, did, Sid, why did Sid come up with that? Yeah, it, it wasn't Sid. Sid called me whatever shirt color I was wearing. Ah. Hey, yellow shirt. That's what he. That's what okay. he called me. We got we got Jess Myers. I in. was I was Mr. Roger Moe to, Were you? to Sid for years because I had a Roger Moe for governor button on my bag one time at a Vikings game. Uh, he, he's forgotten that by now. But I anyway. used to sit next to him at every Gophers game when I covered the Gophers basketball for the Star Tribune. And there was the one game where he asked me to grab his wallet from like his back pocket. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a good look. Sid. That would that would probably get <laughs> him fired. It. No, well, yeah, well, it in, might get me fired. Atmosphere. It might yeah. get me fired. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Taking true. his wallet. So, yeah. Yeah. Jess, let me be honest with you. I am not a, a a huge hockey guy, but I love hockey. If that makes sense, absolutely. I love playoff hockey more than anything. Here's been my question, right? I, I'm from Wisconsin, born and raised Milwaukee. I've been in Minnesota for now almost like 17 years. I don't know if it's okay to become a Wild fan officially. Like, I don't know that process. I know, like, hockey hockey is kind of, like, cultish. Like, fans are really, really, you know, it's their team. I don't you, know how to jump in that. You know what's weird about hockey, too? Um, 
It's like hockey fans almost get angry if you try to become a hockey fan. Ex- exactly. It's like this closed off society. You know, it's 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 not. Hey, I love hockey. You should love hockey too. It's yeah. like I love hockey. You don't get it. Just Ex- stay over there. Exactly. And. and I got to tell you, I'm not that way. Come okay. on aboard. I, I'm like an evangelist with friends of mine who, especially if they have young kids. Yeah. And I tell them, and, I, and this is my pitch. You know, people say, oh, I don't want my kid to play hockey. It's too much time commitment. It's too expensive, all that. Okay. It is expensive. Yeah. It, it, it can be expensive. But here's here's the beauty of hockey for youth hockey players. Number one, it's time definite. Yeah. It's always one hour. You know, love it. A game's going to be an hour. A practice is going to be an hour. You're never going to have a coach say, I'm going to keep the kids for 20 more minutes. I'll tell you. You're never going to have a game that goes to triple overtime because you get one hour of ice time. That's it. You're in, you're out in one hour. The other thing I love about it, you always know what the weather's going to be. It's going to be 35 and you're going to be inside. Put a coat on. You know what it's going to be. You're not going to be sitting in the rain watching soccer. You're not going to have 108 degrees watching lacrosse like I did this past summer with my son. Good point. Uh, Yeah. So, So that's the beauty of hockey. But... To your larger point about where you are with the Wild, this is an interesting time for this team because they're kind of teetering on the brink of yeah. where they're going to go. You know, last year they had the best regular season in team history. It was amazing. Yep. And and it seemed like this was a team going in all the right directions. And then the playoffs come and, uh-oh, now, we, now we've got this to deal with again. And this year's team, with mostly the same pieces, yeah. just doesn't seem to know who or what it is yet. Um, the good news is they're almost at full health now. Yeah. Uh, they said Nito Niederreiter is going to be back in the lineup for tomorrow's game against Buffalo. They got Zach Parisi back last game. First time all season we've seen Zach Parisi in a wild uniform. So there are some optimistic signs that this is what you got and it's all going to be there. And now if you can't put it together, it's now over. I don't know what to tell you. Is it as simple as I, I know Parisi changes the lines. He changes so much about that. But was it as simple as we don't have our guy, our guy's not 100 percent, or is there another major issue that is blocking the wild from reaching what everyone assumes to be their potential at this point? Okay, first of all, on Parisi, at this point in his career, he's not going to be a 50 goal scorer. He's just not there anymore. Um, That's over for him. I think that point in his career is done. He can now... With that said, Eric Stahl had two goals last night. Yeah. Eric Stahl is 30-whatever years old. Yeah. Everybody said Eric Stahl was over the hill. We've seen that those older guys can contribute in this lineup. Matt Cullen, who's 41, had two goals last night. Um, so don't let the age thing knock you. But what Parisi brings more than anything is a motor. Yeah. He's just constantly going hard, playing nonstop. That's one thing that has been so frustrating for Wild fans is when Zach Parisi gets injured, it's a big deal because it takes something pretty serious to get him off the ice, and it takes a lot to keep him off the ice because he always wants to come back and has come back when he's not fully healed a few times. So Shouldn't that scare people? Because to, yes. to me, this upcoming stretch, when they've been very good at home, not on the road, right? Right. And this is one of those stretches where it seems like they could turn things around. Uh, you got a guy who has just been cleared to play yesterday who— I'm sure is competitive and, and wants to prove himself, even though he's got this back injury he's coming off of. So it's like, are you worried about that as a fan? Does Parisi push it too hard? Uh, does he try to come back at full strength too quickly and potentially re-aggravate things? 
Like, how, how do you deal with that, knowing that this is a guy that you need, but you need him long-term, not just short-term? One thing Boudreaux has done a very good job of with Parisi coming back is what we call expectation management. Okay. He has said, you know, it would it would be great if he comes back and gets two goals and three assists in his first game. That's not realistically no. where he is, you know, and has tried to kind of work him into the lineup, not gradually, but just, you know, manage fans' expectations, uh, you know, and... and a lot of that goes back to four or five years ago when they got Zach Parisi and, and Ryan Suter. You know, there was all but a Stanley Cup parade that day. Yeah. People saying, yeah, okay, I we've got that. these two guys. Yeah. You know, now we've got everything in place. It's on. And, you know, managing expectations of fans to say, yes, this is a good thing. This is a good element to add to our lineup, but this is not necessarily going to vault the wild to the top of the standings. I mean, there are teams like like Vegas and, and Winnipeg in the West that are just kind of running away with things, and you're going to have to kind of stay in the mix and look for that 7-8 you know, spot to get into the playoffs and, and scrap and claw still with this team. What can they realistically fix here in the near term? Like, like... Obviously, the injury with Parisi, that's a big deal. They're just now getting healthy. But what can they in the near term address and change that can really help them uh, get back into the race? Chuck Fletcher, the GM, wasn't in the press box last night. He is out scouting. I think that he's looking to make a trade. Got to make a move. I think, you know, and part of it is bringing in a new face that can ideally contribute to this lineup. And another part of it is I heard a great word last night in the press box. Passengers. There are a lot of passengers on this team. Yeah. Guys that are just kind of going up and down the ice, not really contributing, kind of along for the ride. I think ideally he could move one of those passengers. And I won't name names, but you know, people can look at the stat sheet and figure out who's, you know, who hasn't shown up in the last yeah. few weeks, the last few months. And if you move one of those guys, you send a message that, hey, nobody rides on this team. Yeah. You're you're in the mix, you're scoring goals, or you're not going to contribute. You know, um another term I heard is quadruple A players in baseball. You know, these guys who yeah. aren't quite there and but but aren't, you know, bad enough to be sent down. Yeah. The Wilds seem to have a lot of guys not necessarily in that category but playing like they're in that category right now and, you know, I think a, a trade is coming where a message is going to be sent. What what happened from the team that goes into the playoffs last year and people are talking about the Stanley Cup and about all these great things that could potentially happen? Uh, uh, and I know obviously the big offseason news was Priest's injury, but what else happened that put us in a position where you've got this team that's fighting to get back in the race? One thing that would concern me if I were a Wild fan, and you know, and I follow this team pretty closely. I live in Minnesota. My my kids cheer for the Wild. All that. Um, this team has gotten, I won't say old, but it's gotten up there. And mm. you don't have that influx of young guys yeah. that you had five years ago when you had Jason Zucker just coming up, when you went and got Nino Niederreiter in a trade, when you had uh, you know Mikhail Granlin on the early stages of his career and all this upside. Now, those guys have all become very good players, but there's not that next wave that everybody yeah. talks about. There's not that kid down in Iowa that everybody says, God, wait till we get this guy up in yeah. St. Paul. Wait to see what he can do. There was a, a study done by I think the Hockey News of like the average age of teams. The Wild were like 28th as far as you know not having a lot of youth. Um, where you look at a team like Edmonton that's gotten all those young draft picks, and you look at the way the Wild have finished in the last five years, they've been a playoff team, yeah. which means you're going to be drafting 12th, 15th, 18th, 21st. You know, you're not one of those teams that's had a top 10 or a top five draft pick, and that hurts them because you just don't have that youth right now. We're going to come back and talk more wild. I want to get on some Gophers hockey as well uh, with Jess Myers here on 1500 ESPN.
getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. A combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. Myron Metcalf back filling in. Uh, 1500 ESPN for Royce. We got Jess Myers. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking hockey. Um, so the NHL has now banned its players from participating in the Winter Olympics. I personally hate that. I, I, I'm I'm all about... Let me send the best, whatever sport. Let me send my best against your best, and let's see what happens. Uh, so, so I guess I don't understand that. I know it, it happened obviously in basketball, but you know, w- what do you think about that, and what impact will that have uh, on the United States's, you know, prospects to win a gold medal? Did you uh, did you look at the roster for the Olympic team? I, I didn't. Okay, you're you are. are a self-professed, not necessarily a hockey guy. Yes, I'm a hockey guy. Yeah, I'm reading the roster for Team USA for the yeah. for the Olympics. Going, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Who's that? Who? Uh, you know, hey, Larry Curlin. And, and, and with that said, congratulations to Ryan Stoa. You know, great gophers from Bloomington, and you know he's been playing in Europe, and he will do great things for Team USA. Um, I loved the 1980 story where you had a bunch of college kids, and you know, you you beat the Soviet machine and all that. It's going to be really hard to replicate that. And I think, okay, you, you want to get me going on Gary Bettman? Is that what Please. you want to do? No, I do. Oh, I do. Goodness. Because we had a great thing yeah. with the NHL sending their players to the Olympics. I mean, we really did. You know, the USA got fourth last time. They didn't even yeah. come home with a medal. And still, all anybody talks about is TJ Oshie in a shootout against Russia. And, you know, two weeks later, TJ Oshie is playing against the Russian goalie in the Let's NHL. Let's do it. I mean, it was fantastic. Even the years that the U.S. was crap. And, I mean, there were a couple years, you know, in Nagano when they were just terrible and yeah. guys were busting up their, their hotel rooms and, you know, all of that. You know, so now the theory is, well, it's too hard to get to South Korea. And it went. What? Is it harder than getting to Russia? Not planes, people. Yeah. And, you know, and well, we don't want to take a break in the middle of the season. Take a break in the middle of the season. It's a, it's two weeks every four years. It's the Olympics. Yeah. But this is the kind of two-dimensional thinking that you've gotten from Gary Bettman for 20-some years now. And it started, you know, and call me bitter all these years later, it started with, let's, let's let a team leave Minnesota and go to Texas you know, <laughs> to play hockey. Exactly. Um, and granted, the Dallas Stars have worked out fine. Yeah. And you know, it's been a nice addition to the league. But um, and how, how about this? Think about this. Next year, the Dallas Stars will have spent as much time in Texas as they did in Minnesota. I mean, that just stuns me. That's but, crazy. But yeah, g- getting back to the original point, I think you're missing a huge opportunity here. Now, you know, put red, white, and blue and USA yeah. on your jersey, and I'll cheer for them because yep. I'm a proud American hockey guy. And you know, Tony Granado. The Wisconsin coach who's going to take this team has got a heck of a job on his hands because, you know, it's not like 1980 where you picked the team in the summer and then you played 60 exhibition yeah. games and they got to know each other and they got to like each other or dislike each other or whatever. They're going to have like two weeks, if that, to prepare. To prepare. Um, you know, and this is how they did it with the NHL guys, but these are guys who are coming off playing half an NHL season and are in good shape and, you know, have some skill like that and can play together more readily than I think this 
group can. So, you know, you talk about Miracle on Ice. This would be an even bigger miracle, I if, think, if, it if somehow Tony Granato and his staff are able to put this team together as quickly as they can and and get a medal uh, out of out of uh, Pyeongchang. You know, it, it would be a great story, but I just the odds are are long. And it's a great marketing tool. You know who watched who would watch the Olympics? But the NHL guys in it, me, guys like me, who, right. who, again, I respect and love the sport. I just don't follow it, you know, the way that other people do. But I would love to see that. I'd be rooting for the American team yeah. to, to win. I would, And then I would love to go, wait a minute, I saw that guy in the Olympics. Now he's playing with the, the Blackhawks or the Blues or whoever. Like, that's the thing to me is it's a great opportunity to market the league and the sport. And 1980 was such a different landscape in terms of sure. how those teams were, like you didn't have the developed professional system the way it is today, I would imagine. So, so it's a whole new ball game. Why, why take that away? Even, even the gold medal game in Vancouver in what was that, Jess? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah. When Crosby got the win in overtime, but like Parisi tying it up with like thirty seconds left, like that was terrific. I mean, aside from being a great hockey, that was just great theater. Bingo. It was great theater, and you have all these big name hockey players there. And now that they don't have that, it's 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 tough. It's, it's tough letdown. to really invest into it. It's a letdown, and I, and yeah. I I think they're missing out on a, on an opportunity, like you said, to really present the sport, the best of the sport, the best of the league, on a world stage. Yeah, I think that's probably yep. the most. And again, part. it's it's two weeks every four years. Exactly. You can take that much of a break. You can you know figure it out. Figure it out. I, I, I'm disappointed like you are because I'm a hockey fan. Yeah. You know, I, I love to see it. And keep in mind, too, you talk about the differences from 1980. In 1980, the NHL was probably 85% Canadian. Yeah. You know, now it's about 60%, maybe less than that. So you've got players from Finland. You've got players from Sweden. All you've over. got Russians. You know, that was one neat thing, too, is not only the Americans that you would see play there. But, you know, Canada was an all-star team of, yep. you know, the best in the NHL. And then you'd see Miko Koivu playing for Finland. You'd see Mikhail Granlund playing for Finland. You'd see, you know, Jonas Brodin playing for Sweden. You know, these guys that you know as Minnesota Wild players or name whatever your favorite team is, and all of a sudden they're putting on a different jersey and they're playing together. And guys, you know, who don't necessarily like each other are all of a sudden playing for their country together. I mean, just so just many. love that. Fun stories there, and yeah, we're going to miss out Let on that. Let us have our now, two weeks of fun. Now, with that said, I'll watch the Olympics, you know, because it's True. hockey. It'll be fun. You know, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be cool to it'll see It'll be better with do. those guys, though. And the women's team, you know, is is the best yeah. players in the world. And, and, you know, and they've got... Uh, a big hill to climb if if they're gonna if they're gonna get a gold medal for the first time since '98. Rob Stauber, who we yeah. all know pretty well, local guy, you know, uh, Duluth kid, goalie for the Gophers, he's coaching the U.S. women's team this year. So uh, you know, a lot of spotlight on him too. So that's that's a fun part of it. I live next door to the arena in, in Mankato, uh, where the uh, women's hockey team down there played. So we would go, we'd watch two three games a week. You know, we'd go to all the games. We had, we were good friends with the. The hockey players on the women's team. We loved sure, it, man. Sure. It, was, it was great. Um, speaking of Mankato, they are ranked ahead of the Golden Gophers, I believe, in the latest Go Mavs. NCAA the, the poll. Mavs, the Mavs are for real. Any poll that has Minnesota State above Minnesota, I, I'll take it. I hate that St. Cloud State's number one, but 
Mankato actually, being over actually Minnesota. the Huskies have dropped to number two. Have they dropped the, the two? In one of the two yes. polls. I'll take Notre, that. Notre Dame has dropped them down as far as they can the go. Huskies. And part of it is, you know, in fairness, and the Huskies play the Gophers this weekend, by the way, big series always. Yeah. But part of it, in fairness, Bob Motzko, coach of, of the Huskies, yeah. is off in Buffalo right now coaching Team USA. They're in the national semifinals, or excuse me, international semifinals for the World Junior Tournament. Uh, they play tomorrow night against Sweden and looking to repeat as gold medalists. So they've been you know, a little off just not having their coach there. But but college hockey is really good right now. We saw some great games over the weekend, and uh, and you know they're getting back into it now with guys coming back from holiday tournaments and all that. So it, it's interesting to see the state rankings. You know when when you see MSU above <laughs> yes. the Gophers or you know UMD making it to the national championship game last year when the Gophers got bounced in the in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I mean that's that's some great fun. I tell friends around the country who don't understand um, hockey in the state. I tell them it's like high school football in Texas. Yeah. The levels of it. I mean, I think that's Absolutely. that's what I would compare it to. It's there was so much of it and so many levels and layers of it, you can't even comprehend how big it is. And basketball much like you know, and like basketball in like New York exactly. or, or Indiana. It's yeah. just it's and it's and it starts so young and the development process is is amazing. It's a lot like, you know, it's why we produce some of the best players in the world. Because of the resources that go into it, I tell friends all the time, it's like Texas high school football. It's what you do. I mean, you know, these small towns in northern Minnesota, you you go ice fishing or you play hockey. Yep. You know, so, yeah, it it takes a certain commitment. So uh, All right, so what's this soundbite, Jess, that you were asking for? Oh, my goodness. Our old friend Frank Serratori, coach at Air Force. He's from Coleraine, you know, northern Minnesota guy. Uh, Denver, Denver, which is a very, very good team, defending national champions, plays Air Force last weekend. Penalties are like eleven to three against Air Force, Uh-oh. and and Saratori says, you know, we probably wouldn't have won the game anyway. But he says, I've never ripped on officials; it's ridiculous. And he went on one of his classic rants. And if you have it, you got to play it. It's, hey, it's, there's three things I've never seen in, in my in my life. I've I've never seen Bigfoot. I've never seen the Easter Bunny, and I've never seen a referee say he had a crap game. You know, that's all. Uh, I have seen Santa Claus. I actually met him in a bar in San Francisco. Me and my brother Tony, good dude, Santa likes his pops. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. How, how do you not love? You know, and, and I tweeted that clip out, and I said, you know, in these cynical times, we're all looking for heroes. I offer you Frank Serratori, maybe the greatest hero in, in That was in heroic. Hockey. That his, was heroic. Has yeah. he always been at Air Force? No. Oh, no. He's, he's, he was at the University of Denver. He didn't yeah. do well there. Okay. Okay. Got fired at Denver. The Minnesota Moose of the IHL. I don't know if you remember. For I two remember years, the Moose. We had yeah. the Moose. He was their head coach. Wow. Uh, you know, and then moved for with both the years, Moose. He was the head, uh, head coach for yep. both years? Both years he wow. was a head coach, and he moved with the Moose to Winnipeg. Uh, the one one or two years they played there. The Manitoba then, Moose, yeah. Yep, I the Manitoba that Moose, and then he became the head coach at Air Force and has been there for, you know, 20-some years. And talk about a perfect fit for a job, because Frank knows how to work in front of reporters, but behind the scenes, he can work a little blue, okay? Sure. <laughs> now, he's at Air Force, where these guys are, are airmen, they're used to having guys scream at them all day, so they get to hockey practice. It's just more <laughs> it's like, of the same. It's more He's of a just Monday. He's a perfect fit there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's great. I uh, saw Santa once in a bar. He likes his it. pops. Yeah, I, I, he likes I will his pops. say, <laughs> I wish we had more transparency with the officials. Period. And that you know, it wasn't just hey, 
you officiate, you go home. We don't get to criticize. Accountability is something across the board in all sports that I think really could change the outlook on a lot of on a I lot agree. of games. I, one, I really do. One minute to go here, just quick. I got to give a quick plug. The Great Outdoors coming up at six p.m. Dennis Anderson and I. We're going to talk ice fishing. I think nice. it's appropriate for this time of year, don't you? It's been so cold all year in this state. We've been making ice, and uh, Dave Gens, who is known as Mister Ice Fishing, he lives yeah. on the river in Saint Cloud. Great guide, great guy. He took yeah. me out fishing last year once. He is Mr. Ice Fishing. He's going to be our guest tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what's hot this year, and and hot being you know a relative term because it's been cold. When is it safe to put your 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 ice house down? Like what what period of the year is it usually pretty safe to? You want at least six inches of ice consistently before you put an ice okay. fishing house out there. But the Minnesota brothers don't know nothing about it. I don't know. What, <laughs> no, we I don't sure know. Don't. What, I don't we know sure what six don't. inches versus one. <laughs> the DNR, I'd get out there and just fall through the ice. I don't. The trust DNR it. stresses this though: ice is never truly safe. So, That's so true. be careful out there, folks. Jess, thank you, Manny Hill, Manny Fresh, Chris Reavers. Thanks for having me. I'll be back tomorrow. All right. On the ride here with Patrick Royce, filling in. Everything's getting more expensive these days: gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.